Binge the full week of The Ray Taylor Show ad-free over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. This is The Ray Taylor Show. Licorice Pizza, the newest movie from writer, director, Paul Thomas Anderson, a filmmaker that I love. Uh, majority of his films are just all-time classics. Uh, not that long ago, I ranked my top five Paul Thomas Anderson films. And I can honestly say that that list has not changed after watching this movie. Sadly. Uh, it seems like his newer films, aside from Phantom Thread, which I had a reconsidering after re-watching it for my top five list, uh, I, I liked that movie a lot more revisiting it but a lot of his newer films i am not a big fan of necessarily i have i i like them less than than some of his earlier stuff uh and this one is similarly in that vein uh this one kind of has a similar vibe i would say uh, in some ways to uh vice not vice um inherent vice I believe was the title of that movie, which is not a movie of his that I, I quite like, and it is a newer one. Uh, both, I, I believe, take place in the L.A. area, uh, both around the same time. This one's 1973, San Fernando Valley. Uh, I'm not sure if Inherent Vice is exactly that same time, but around that era, which is an interesting era, an interesting look into what, what uh, show business was kind of like, at least from the eyes of Licorice Pizza. Uh, I mean, a lot of his films uh, take place, have that L.A. vibe to it anyway. Um, but yeah, this one I enjoyed. I had some problems with it, but overall didn't like it as much as a lot of his other films. So I'm going to spoil stuff. I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to get into it. So if you don't want to be spoiled, uh, go watch it. If you're a fan of his films, I mean, his movies are are weird like there's movies that i don't like that people absolutely love of his and vice versa so uh just the fact that i may not like this film uh you may like this film i mean it is nominated for academy award but this movie feels like it's more of a collection of of like strange events and strange characters that kind of pop into this love story but even the love story of this is awkward because it's a huge age gap. You have, uh, who's the Cooper Hoffman, who is the son of Philip Seymour Hoffman, who is in so many of Paul Thomas Anderson films, one of the greatest actors of her time, sadly, uh, no longer with us. This is his son, who there are so many scenes in this where you just see Philip Seymour Hoffman. Like, he is clearly the son of Philip Seymour Hoffman. Obviously, a great performance as well. His character, I would say, is a mix of Philip Seymour Hoffman and Gary Vaynerchuk, uh, the entrepreneur guy who is, is like, one of the greatest hustlers uh, of our generation. Uh, this character is very much a hustler. He is a go-getter. He is a little entrepreneur. And he is a 15-year-old who is in love with... Uh, a 25-year-old girl that he, he meets uh, during class, during not class, but he's in school during school photos. She works for the company that's doing all the photos. And 
while in line to get processed and get his picture taken. He hits on her and asks her out to dinner. Like, very confident 15-year-old. He also looks older than 15. Uh, compared to his friends, he, he definitely, like, the age gap, despite the fact that it's a 10-year gap between this 15-year-old and this 25-year-old, this 25-year-old woman uh, who is Alana Holm is the actress playing her character's name is Lana as well, who happens to look exactly like my first girlfriend, which is crazy. Uh, but she looks like she could be younger than 25. And he looks like they look like they could be the same age in the scenes where they're together. It looks like they're the same age. Like you have to remind yourself that they are 10 years apart. And he's got a thing for this girl and she's uh, this woman, and she's hesitant because of the age gap. But she also, you know, she's not happy with her life, and this kid is providing her life with some excitement, right? She's kind of directionless, as most people are in their 20s. She's working for, in this, for this company that, sh that photographs kids for their yearbook. She's not happy at all with that. She doesn't, ha she doesn't know what she wants to do with her life. Meanwhile, this 15-year-old kid is an actor who's been in this, like, series for uh, a while and now owns a, a PR company with his mom that his mom runs, and he's, like, doing all these things. He's, like, a successful person at 15 who is only going to grow in success. And as this movie goes, you see his entrepreneurial spirit like getting into the waterbed game in part of this film so it's like you can you can see why she's friends with this guy and it's it, it is very much like a friendship like there is the age different is a tension between them to the two of them where she's not comfortable uh being romantic with him uh, despite the fact that he is, you know, a 15-year-old who wants to, you know, who acts mature for his age, who is, like, successful for his age. So, you know, it's it's an interesting dynamic. And then you see, like, her not because she, it's like the, they're like two planets. Watching this movie... Because there's, like, so many times where these two characters, like, there is an attraction there, but because of issues, because of life, because of their age differences, because of everything, they're like two planets that are orbiting each other and colliding with each other and, and, and being repelled by each other and then contracted and attracted to each other. And it's just like this, this swirling thing throughout this entire movie of these two characters that are... On some level, you know that they're going to get together, but at the same time, there's so many reasons why they shouldn't. And there's a lot of those reasons are like her, you know, she's pursuing her acting career and she ends up getting in like having this audition with Sean Penn, who's playing a character called Jack Holden, who's like this producer or whatever that's doing the producer thing in the 1970s who gets this young girl drunk and he's she's gonna he's gonna make her a star and so she's all smitten with this guy like promising her all these things there's also like this random which everybody has heard of everybody's seen i would imagine the this absurdly racist character 
that has no point of them being in this movie. They're a side character. The Many Faces is an ongoing abstract ink portrait series that I started many years ago. I release a new face every day. But go to inspireddisorder.com to check them out. So many available. But as a listener to The Ray Taylor Show, you can save 10% when you use coupon code INSPIRED when you check out. So go to inspireddisorder.com slash TMF. That stands for The Many Faces. Go check them out, browse the entire collection, and when you decide on a piece, or maybe multiple pieces, make sure you use coupon code INSPIRED when you check out, and you'll save 10% as a big thank you for checking out my work, for collecting my work, and for listening to The Ray Taylor Show. And with that said, let's get back to the show. Like, there's so many random side characters, like Sean Penn's character is a random side character who is a misogynist who's, you know, probably twice her, you know, he's like, he's easily like in his 50s and he's trying to, you know, get this 25-year-old woman drunk so he can take advantage of her, but also, you know, promising her the world, right? Then you have like this this weird character that you know, that's uh, getting help from the production company or the promotion company that uh, this kid set up with his mom. And they're, they're a Japanese restaurant. And it's like, it's an accurate portrayal of a older racist white guy who has a, a bride, a wife, who is Asian, much younger, and doesn't speak English. Like, I know people... When I worked at Costco, there were multiple employees there that were from the Philippines who were married to men who were far older than them, two to three times their age older, white, never had to worry about, I don't know how rich they are, but it, it's, a, it's a type. There are old white dudes that love to go overseas and get Asian brides. Obviously, it happens in the military as well, but this one is not that situation. So despite the fact that this racist character is a very accurate depiction of a type of person that you don't see in in most movies, but is not at all worthwhile in this movie. It is a character that could have easily been taken out, despite the fact that it's very accurate, which, you know, if you're trying to show this place in the San Fernando Valley in the 19 early 70s where there probably were a lot of racist white dudes business owners uh you know it's an accurate depiction of that type of a person but the 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 I mean the way in which this guy is racist if you haven't seen the clips is basically him pseudo translating what people are saying or asking to his bride to his wife but instead of speaking in japanese he speaks with a racist japanese accent as if he's communicating with her and then his wife will say something in japanese and he will pretend to listen and then say whatever he wants as a translation because we find out that this character 
does not speak Japanese. Obviously. Like, there's a point at which maybe he understands Japanese and then does this thing where he communicates to her like it's almost an inside joke in, like, a racist accent. But that's not it. I mean, because there's a second time this character comes back and he's got another wife. Like, the first wife couldn't put up with his bullshit. Like, she couldn't put up with his racism, right? And this is a guy who runs a Japanese restaurant. So he gets a much, he gets a younger, a new younger Japanese wife, still doesn't speak English, and he's, he does these things where he's speaking to her in a, Japan, in a, a racist Japanese accent. And before watching the movie, not having any context for it, I'm like, well, like, I could see, like, it's not a good character, but it's movies like characters and stories aren't all good people so like racists do do exist people like that guy 100 percent exist like i've seen that person portrayed multiple times accurately in reality to what this character is portraying but it wasn't any like it, the the movie doesn't like there's no commenting on it necessarily from the movie like the it it's just like a, a weird like a weird over the top racism that uh you don't see very often i mean it's 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 creative in its racism i guess uh but a character that's not necessary to the overall story like a lot of these characters aren't necessary to the overall story they're just like weird characters that help fill in this story. Like there's a scene like the the main character, Gary, who's played by uh, Cooper Hoffman, gets into waterbeds, right? Waterbeds are a new thing. And he's like, I'm going to sell waterbeds. And he starts this waterbed business. And when the business kind of goes belly up because the gas shortage happens uh, and uh waterbeds plastic waterbeds vinyl waterbeds are made out of oil so the price of the manufacturing it's no longer a viable business uh so as he's wrapping that business up he he goes to set up a waterbed in a famous person's house it's like bradley cooper plays this character who's dating um uh barbara streisand just like another random character in this movie this this asshole guy that bradley cooper plays um and they kind of screw over like they they end up leaving the hose running in his bedroom and they they think they're screwing him over it's a it's a really fun scene like there are fun scenes in this movie right the seat specifically this one where they go they go to this house right he's they're going to the business is, is shuttered they cleaned everything up put it all into a box truck and they go to deliver this last water bed. I assume it's their last one uh, to this guy that's dating Barbara Streisand. And when he shows up, the guy is all an asshole, right? Brad, played by Bradley Cooper. And he's like, he's he's like threatening his friend. He's like, you know, if you fuck me over, I'm going to kill your your friend or whatever. And he's like going on and on about how to pronounce Barbara Streisand's last name. And it's just like this whole thing and giving them shit because they showed up late because they needed to get gas. And there's long lines to get gas. So he's leaving while they're going to set up this waterbed. But while setting it up, they say, fuck you. And they just leave the, the hose going and they just bounce. Right. Because this other guy's not even there anyway. But when they bounce, 
they realize, like they drive away, and they go. They as they're driving away, they see on the side of the road is this guy, Bradley Cooper's character, and he ran out of gas. Right. So now they're like, they know that back at the house, things are fucked. But Bradley Cooper needs a ride back to his house because his car is no longer is out of gas. So they go to the house, right? And they t- he's getting a gas can, which they don't know he's getting a gas can. And they drive him to uh, the gas station to get gas. And they just leave him. They just ditch him, right? Because he's an asshole. And as they go back, he goes back to the car that's just stranded on the side of the road, and he's smashing the window. Like, he's fucking this car up. And Alana goes to start the the box truck up, and, of course, now they are out of gas. So now there's this crazy scene to get out of there because they know Bradley Cooper eventually is going to be walking back to his car with his gas tank, not happy because he just got abandoned. And not to mention how angry he's going to be once he gets home. There's this scene where they have to like back up down this windy, narrow road in L.A., which is intense. It is. I was nerve. I was stressed out watching this scene where it's like Alana dr- just focused on these side mirrors trying to drive to get down this windy road. And successfully she does it and she needs to go blow off steam she leaves it's a great scene it's a great scene but it's also a scene where you see like she sees how immature gary is with his friends and she's like even before that she was smoking weed with her friend she's like well it's weird that i'm hanging out with this kid and his 15 year old friends right i'm 25 what am i doing hanging out with this 15 year old it just doesn't make any sense but she ends up, you know, there's moments where both of these characters is also another random event that has no bearing on the movie at all. Like the 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 crazy racism in in one character is just as ridiculous as the fact that he's at like some trade show where he's trying to sell these waterbeds and cops just come and just tackle him and, and arrest him you kind of find out that like oh he fits the description of somebody that just killed somebody so the cops are assuming he's that guy and they arrest him and it's like you don't know what's happening like oh shit this is this is crazy he doesn't know why he was arrested alana is like running after him to try and there's a lot of scenes where it's like He's in trouble. Alana's running after him. Alana's in trouble. He's running after her. There's a lot of scenes where they're like, they, they clearly care about each other a lot, right? It's, it's, that, it's that moment in their planetary orbit where they're kind of being brought together, right? And then it, they clash, and then they get, they get split apart. And then they get, they, somebody gets in trouble, and then they come together again. They clash, and they, they fall apart. And he gets arrested, and then he gets taken to the, the, the jail, you know, the police station, gets handcuffed to a thing, and they, you know, they bring the guy out that's, that is the witness or whatever, 
and they find out that he's not the guy and they just they literally just unlock his cuffs and that's it he just kind of waits looks around and then just leaves and then that's all you hear about that scene it's like this weird random scene that has zero bearing on anything that happens in the story and that's what this movie is it's just like a collection of these like random scenes alana ends up working for a politician at one point and then there's this random scene where it's like she ends up getting invited to this restaurant by this politician in order to act as a beard for his love interest like he's at this restaurant with his love interest and they have he needs an excuse for them to like leave together to make it look like his love interest is going out with with alana and it has zero bearing on anything it's just these weird, like, and I think the, these little random stories are trying to illustrate the vibe, the types of people that were around in the 70s in that area. But, man, they're just, they, it, they didn't, I don't know. Join Inspired Disorder Plus today. Head on over to inspireddisorder.com slash plus to join. Membership includes members-only discounts and deals. You get access to the Ray Taylor Show completely ad-free, as well as bonus episodes. You get access to the complete live painting archive. You also get access to every single podcast ever produced by Inspired Disorder, hosted by Ray Taylor. You get access to Ray Taylor's personal blog, as well as the opportunity to ask me any questions. So if you want to start a podcast, you're into art, ask me anything. And so many more things are being added every day to Inspire Disorder Plus. So sign up today, become a member, head on over to inspiredisorder.com slash plus and become an Inspire Disorder Plus member today. It's just like they're there to be there, to fill in the story with these like interesting characters that are not nearly as... I mean, the, the main character, Gary, is an interesting guy, this entrepreneur, this hustler, 15 years old, like successful. Like when he started this waterbed business, he knew how to promote... He knows how to promote stuff. Like when I call him Philip Seymour Hoffman mixed with Gary V, like I mean it. Like he is, he is like... He knows, he, he understands business in a way and how to promote things and how to make money just effortlessly and there's a scene at the end that i i I really did enjoy where it's a scene where they are finally coming together on the same plane where they're both running to each other at the same time instead of one running after the other to help like one's in trouble, the other runs after them to help them, and then things fall apart. This is a time where they're running together. And it cuts to all of the other times in the movie where they've run to each other. And now they're running together. I thought that was beautiful. And having them come together, despite the fact that it's, you know, he's 15 and she's 25. If that were the other way around, right? If this were if this was a movie where it was a 25-year-old man and a 15-year-old girl that would be far more controversial than this movie is. 
right? That would be the thing in addition to the racist character that people would talk about. But it doesn't seem like people have a big, big issue. I mean, the characters have an issue. It's like, well, you know, Alana has like concerns that she's like hanging out with these 15 year olds. But it like gives her like it makes her excited for life. And she sees all like how these older men treat her like all the older men treat her horribly. Like not that Gary treats her amazing all the time like he definitely has his problem he is 15 but every time she tries to date somebody else it doesn't go well and she sees like like gary's the one guy that she's around that she actually enjoys being around when they're not like colliding and and, and drifting apart but it's weird it's weird because you couldn't have that you couldn't have i mean you look at the movie Red Rocket where you have a guy who is former, if you haven't seen the movie, good movie, uh, a former sex worker, former porn star, kind of at the bottom of the barrel, goes back to the small town in Texas where he's from. And he's like, you know, he's probably in his 40s, right? Late 30s, 40s. Simon Rex, I don't know how old he is, but I would assume right around there. I would assume his character is around that age. And he's going out with and has a relationship with in that movie with a 17-year-old, right, who is a week away or a month away from turning 18. That is disturbing. So if it was like Simon Rex and a 15-year-old, that would be ridiculous. But in this movie, because she looks younger than 25, could possibly be, and then Gary looks older than 15. I mean, he clearly looks older than all of his friends. Right? He could easily be 18. But he's 15. It would be a completely different movie if the sexes were changed. It's a weird society we live in. And the fact that, the, that Alana looks like my first girlfriend was very weird as well. That was, it's weird seeing my ex old, you know, I mean, this was back when I was in high school. Kind of crazy to see uh, to see <laughs> to see somebody that looks just like her on screen. Um, but I thought the performances were good. I can't wait to see what Cooper Hoffman does uh, in future in the future films if that's what he wants to do. If he is following in his father's footsteps, I think he's great. The performance is great. You know, I thought the movie was. Just like it just didn't have it just didn't have a lot to it. It just didn't have like it was it felt like random stories that were like just put in to fill out the the runtime of this movie, which, you know, it's two hour movie, two hours, 13 minutes, you know, of it could have easily. I mean, there's a lot of weird stuff like the 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 police arrest is like makes no sense other than it's just another situation where one of the two is in danger and then the other one has to chase after them. You know, like when she when Alana, there's a scene where she's riding on the back of a motorcycle where Sean Penn's character is, you know, reenacting some scene on a golf course and she ends up falling off the motorcycle you know, you have the scene where Gary's running after her. She's in trouble. Gary's running after her. So there's the 
the I guess these scenes are in some ways illustrating the fact that they each have uh, concern and care for the other one. But as like a cohesive story where everything makes sense and is is like part of an overarching story and doesn't feel like randomness. Uh, this movie felt more like randomness than uh, than a beautifully like a lot of crazy things happen in in. Um, God, what is the other Paul Thomas Anderson film? that I'm thinking of here, uh, boogie nights, like a lot of crazy things happen in boogie nights, but they're all within the narrative and story of the characters in that movie. Like it's not like super insane. I don't know. It, it just feel that felt like a more cohesive story in something like in boogie nights than uh, licorice pizza. And as far as the title licorice pizza, uh, it, it never gets explained <laughs> as far as I can remember. There's no point in which licorice pizza uh, as a term or a thing shows up or is explained in any way. And maybe it's a maybe it's a famous I didn't do any research into what licorice pizza means. Maybe it's something that means something or it's a, a, a term from the 70s that that meant something where it's like a bad combination of things. I mean, it's definitely a bad combination. They are a bad combination. But maybe that's maybe that's it. Maybe that's what licorice pizza is. It's like a combination that doesn't seem like it would work on the surface. And maybe having licorice on pizza is on some level good. Uh, it can't. It doesn't seem like it could be. Uh, so check it out if you want. I wasn't super impressed. It is not in my top five Paul Thomas Anderson films. Uh, definitely has problems, but also has some beautiful moments as well. Uh, so check it out if you want. It's called Licorice Pizza. Out now. New episodes of The Ray Taylor Show come out every single day. Subscribe on YouTube and everywhere our podcasts are found. Binge the full week over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. Buy Ray Taylor Show merch over at InspiredDisorder.com. And follow the show on Instagram at Ray Taylor Show. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Peace. Ouch! Today is the day where you wake up and you realize that everything that you've been dreaming about, everything that you've been wanting, every goal and wish and hope that you've ever had can become real. Dreams can come true. What you manifest in your mind, you can bring to reality.